church. My name is Michelle Lynch, and what I love about being a United Methodist Lotus Hills member is I feel like I need to come up with something new every time, and I didn't think too hard this time. I just, I just like coming here. Y'all are always here, and it's always comfortable and nice, so I'm going to go with that. Um, I hope that you feel welcomed in worship today. If you are a first-time guest, please let us know by filling out the blue card found in the pew pockets. You can return them by placing them in the offering box in the Welcome Center. All right, so I have a few announcements about things happening around the church. There is firewood in the north lot. It's free to take. Um, if, you know some, if you need some, you may take some, but if you know somebody in need, please let them know that that is there for the taking. And then now I am introducing um, Amy to talk about the mission opportunity by participating in the live nativity for uh, City of Holotus, December 17th. Our journey to Bethlehem is fast approaching. This is a community event that is held in Old Town Holotus. Holotus Hills has provided this event to our community for 12 years. The LDS Church has partnered with us for many years and we are truly grateful for their presence, their talents, and their generosity. It is free to the public and very well attended. This year, it will take place on Saturday, December 17th at 6 and 7 p.m. There will be a rehearsal on Friday, December 16th at 6.30 p.m. As with everything, it takes a village. So village, please sign up and participate. We still need an innkeeper and lots of townspeople and shepherds and a multitude of angels. 
Patsy Reynolds and I will be on site both Friday and Saturday to help you get into costume. This will be over your clothes. It is, it is a lovely event and brings not only our village together, but all those who want to experience more than Santa during the holiday season. There is a sign-up sheet at our welcome center, and we also have some flyers. So if your workplace has a bulletin board and you can post it on there, please take as many as you can use. And we provide, we serve cookies. So please sign up with Judy Lynn after church if you would like to donate cookies for this event. We thank you for your participation and of course your prayers. So now I'm gonna be Jesse because Jesse's not feeling well today. Children's fundraiser, they were going to sell ornaments that they've been making and the proceeds for that will go to um, care for some of our homebound members. They'll take poinsettias to them and ornaments and sing. It'll be a wonderful thing. So if you can support that, awesome. And that's all Jesse has for you today. <laughs> Thank you, Jesse. Thank you, Jesse. Now I'd like to invite the Shaw family forward that they might light. The Christmas candles, our Advent candles today. They will not hurt or destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. On that day, the root of Jeshi shall stand as a signal to the peoples. The nations shall inquire of him, and his dwelling shall be glorious. We are the followers of that root of Jesse Isaiah spoke of. We are the ones who are now called to stand as a signal to the world, to all of creation, that peace is the will of the ones who created us. Peace is the knowledge of the Lord that we proclaim from sea to shining sea. In those days, John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness of Judea, proclaiming, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near and bear fruit worthy of repentance. We light these candles, the candle of joyful hope and the candle of proclaimed peace, in part of, to remind ourselves that we are people rising toward God's promise. But we also light them as a sign to the world, an announcement there are some who hold onto hope and there are some who work the ways of peace. We stand as a sign that Emmanuel is still our fervent prayer. Now for our scripture reading. We will be reading Romans chapter 15 verses four through 13. Um, in your pew Bible, that's on page 1035. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, so that by steadfastness and by the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. May the God of steadfastness and encouragement grant you to live in harmony with one another in accordance with Jesus, Christ Jesus, so that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome one another, therefore, just as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. For I tell you that Christ has become a servant of the circumcised on behalf of the truth of God in order that he might confirm the promises given to the ancestors and that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. As it is written, therefore I will confess you among the Gentiles and sing praises to your name. And again he says, Rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. 
And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let all the peoples praise him. And again, Isaiah says, the root of Jesse shall come. The one who rises to rule the Gentiles, in him the Gentiles shall hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. This is the word of God for the people of God. Please join me in prayer. Merciful God, you sent your messengers, the prophets, to preach repentance and to prepare the way for our salvation. Give us grace to heed warnings and forsake our sins, that we make greet with joy the coming of Jesus Christ, our Redeemer, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. My name is Cheryl Broom, and I am your pastor at Lotus Hills United Methodist Church. Delighted to say that and be here. As is our practice, we do our prayer requests by asking you to raise your hand, and if you have a prayer request, tell us your name and your prayer request. We, I will write these down, and on Monday night in this room, we circle up and we pray over every one of these prayer requests, and then we also share with our online confidential prayer page, but only first name, last initial. So feel free to give us those prayer requests that you have. Mine is a praise. Our um, oldest daughter and her husband are expecting a boy in May. <laughs> I don't know what we're going to do with a boy, but we'll figure it out. <laughs> so that's Olivia. And what's her husband's name? Olivia and Colin. I saw the pictures on Facebook. There is a baby boy there. So we'll say, Lord, hear our praise. Amen. Hi, I'm Sharon, and I wanted to lift up a praise for uh, Jan and yesterday's uh, Advent retreat for the ladies. It was uh, just a, such a blessing, and the food was great. So anyway, I want to lift that group up. Lord, hear our praise. I talked to Doris this week, and she is not well. Uh, so I'd like to lift her up in prayer, and Smitty as well. And also their grandson, Jake, who's getting married in a couple of weeks. <laughs> so the Smith family, that God would surround them with healing and joy. Lord, hear our prayer. During our travels, I encountered lots of people who respected my age and would get in crowded restaurants. And one family passed uh, get it, got up and gave uh, me a seat, and I would just like to say thank you to those people and to all of you that do that. So we'll pray for hospitality of strangers. Lord, hear our praise. Prayers for Irene. I hear she's doing slightly better, but still not feeling well at all. So for her to recover from what's wrong with her. For Irene, Lord, hear our prayers. I'd like to lift up uh, my friend Mike's wife, Pam, who's diagnosed with breast cancer. Thank you. For Pam, Lord, hear our prayers. I just wanted to thank everybody for your continued prayers for my brother-in-law, Mike, 
and his brother Rob, the kidney transplant and kidney donor. And uh, I learned this morning that Mike is back at the specialty and transplant hospital. He had a mild stroke yesterday, and um, so they're trying to figure out his medications because of the transplant. So um, just prayers at the, his medical team for wisdom and guidance and for uh, the right medications. Thank you. Lord, hear our prayers. I'd like to lift up my brother-in-law, Don. We put him to rest Wednesday at Fort Sam. And his three nieces, Donna, Nancy, and Karen, for being able to get over the death of their father. Lord, hear our prayers. I'd like to ask uh, prayers for my cousins, uh, the McCurtain family. Um, I lost my second cousin. Uh, she was 43 years old. And uh, my aunt and uncle, who uh, are def uh, definitely uh, in a lot of hurt due to that loss, because they've had, uh, within, a, within a year, they've lost four members of the family. What was your second cousin's name? Uh, Tiffany. Tiffany. Lord, hear our prayers. Let's go before the Lord in prayer in the silence of our own prayers for this moment, and then I'll close us in prayer. Let us pray. O oh Lord, hear our prayers as we prepare, as the day of Christ's coming draws near. Prepare for peace, holy God. May the divisions between us be erased. May we, people of all backgrounds and walks of life, be with one another, listen to one another, bear one another's burdens. May we be peacemakers in everything we say and do. Prepare us in hope, merciful God, when we look around, the promises of your kingdom seem so distant. Grant us tenacity to bring the light where there is darkness, peace where there is strife, comfort where there is despair. Let the light of your presence shine in us and prepare us for God through Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray. Amen. So church people, church folks sometimes act funny. You know what I mean? Sometimes they are mean to one another. Now, I'm not talking about you church folks. I'm just talking about church folks in general sometimes misbehave. I don't know if you've found that in your experience. And sometimes church people fight. It's kind of like any family. When you get together for Thanksgiving, sometimes you're like very nervous if you're in my family because you never know who's going to talk about politics or who's going to talk about something that causes a fight in the family. Unfortunately, fights in the church happen too. And when church people fight, people from the outside, non-church people, look in at us and they shake their heads wondering if the church cannot treat one another with the love of Christ, who can? I'm not kidding. Tom S. Rayner, he is the founder of a company called Church Answers. 
And he did a Twitter survey where he asked people, what are the fights, absurd fights, that you have had in your churches? And he got hundreds of answers from people. But he summarized saying that the huge response found that people were most mad about really important stuff like the temperature in the sanctuary, the color of the carpet, the order of worship, and the color of the walls. Uh He also heard some unusual things. I want to share with you some of the fights that he heard from people reporting back. One was a 45-minute argument, heated argument, over the type of filing cabinet to purchase. Yes, black or brown, two, three, or four drawers. There was a fight over what picture to put of Jesus in the lobby. It's true. They had a dispute over whether worship leaders should wear shoes or not. They had a business argument about whether the church should purchase a weed eater, and that took two business meetings to settle. You're shaking your head, JB. They had arguments over what green beans to serve at church. These are important things. Two churches fought over the kind of coffee that they were serving, and one switched from Folgers to Starbucks. The other just went to a stronger brand coffee, and they said that this caused members of the church to leave. We call that coffee wars. There was a major conflict over youth borrowing a crock pot that had not been used for two years. Major fight. An argument in the church whether to allow people to serve deviled eggs at church dinners. (laughs) It's true, Debbie. There's an argument over who has authority to buy postage stamps at the church. And how about this? A disagreement over using the term potluck instead of a pot blessing. (laughs) An argument over who has access to the copy machine. It happened. Susan, you worked at a church. It happens. And some church members left the church because one member hid the vacuum cleaner from them. This was a major fight that actually resulted in a split in the church over a vacuum cleaner. (laughs) I prefer to say that Hoover's. (laughs) I have been personally involved in some really silly fights, too. When I was at first Elgin, oh, don't tell him I'm telling on him, uh, and I was the youth director, one of the parents came and took the pool cues and pool balls and everything because he was sick and tired of the youth playing pool during church. He just took them. And, of course, I would, not, I would be remiss if I wouldn't tell you about the pumpkin patch pavilion fight that we recently had here. Really, people, it's true. Jack Campbell asked me one day, why are we fighting over bricks and sticks? Why are we fighting over bricks and sticks? And these issues seem completely ridiculous and absurd And yet, they are still distractions from what we should be doing in our church. Every church argument or fight not only shames the church, but it distracts us from doing God's work in unity and peace and love. Unfortunately, 
church fighting has been going around as long as there's been churches. Have you noticed that a lot of the writing in the New Testament, especially from Paul, he's writing to correct people and to help them solve their fights. See, we're not alone in this because we're people and we make mistakes. And I'll tell you what Jenny Jones always says to me, Cheryl, people's gonna people. You know what she means by that. People's gonna people. We are prone to conflict. And, and sometimes that's in our nature, but I will tell you this. It is God's nature and Christ's directive to love one another in unity and peace. There's a song that I love to sing whenever I'm faced with distractions of infighting. Sing along with me if you know it. We are one in the Spirit. We are one in the Lord. We are one in the Spirit. We are one in the Lord. And we pray that our unity may one day be restored. And they'll know we are Christian by our love. By our, yes, they'll know we are Christian by our love. If you're ever in a conflict with me, you might find yourself singing this song to remind us of the unity that we have as brothers and sisters in Christ. William Barclay, a pastor, scholar, seminary professor, once said, more people are brought into the church by the kindness of real Christian love than by all theological arguments in the world. They will know we are Christians by our... You, you sound unsure. Thank you. They will know we are Christians by our... Love. love. Today is the second Sunday in Advent, and as you noted... As the Lynch family lit the candles, the first candle we lit last week was the candle of hope. This week was the candle of peace. And so we're talking about peace and unity. And we'll do that through the gospel reading found in Matthew chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. If you'd like to read along with me, we'll be following the words and actions of John the baptizer, who claims he is preparing the way for the Lord. In those days, John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness of Judea, proclaiming, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is the one of whom the prophet Isaiah spoke when he said, The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way for the Lord, make his paths straight. Now John wore clothing of camel hair and a leather belt. And around his waist. And his food, it was locusts and wild honey. And then Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region around Jordan were going out to him. And they were being baptized by him in the Jordan River, confessing their sins. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming for baptism, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Therefore, bear fruit worthy of repentance, and do not presume for yourselves, we have Abraham as our ancestor. 
For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children of Abraham. And even now the axe is lying at the root of the tree. Therefore, every tree that does not bear good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance. But the one who is coming after me is more powerful than I am. I am not worthy to carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the granary. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. This is the word of God for the people of God. So let's think about John the baptizer in the Jordan River. It was a pleasant day. The lines just spread of people coming to John to be baptized, the baptism of repentance. They would confess their sins, and he would baptize them in the Jordan. He looked up that day, and in a flash, the day changed. It kind of turned ugly. He saw the Sadducees and the Pharisees, who were the professional religious people and attorneys in the Jewish faith, coming forth to be baptized. And John warned them, just because you're religious people, just because you're ancestors of Abraham, does not mean that you're going to get into the kingdom of heaven. Abraham can't save you. So then he said, what God requires of them is holiness of heart and life. John made it clear in the very beginning, holiness is repentance, which means turning away from the way of the world and turning toward the way of God. He, he told everyone that repentance repaired the way for the coming of God's Messiah, the Christ. So with open hearts, repentance and turning toward God, that opened the pathway for Jesus to come. But then he also said he would only be baptizing with water, but Christ would baptize with the Holy Spirit in fire. He was making the way for the one who would be the judge, the one who would bring us unity by way of love. And John assured us that love is the fruit of repentance. When we repent, we receive love. And then that love can be spread with others. And holiness of your heart means loving God with your whole heart, your mind, your soul, and all your strength. And holiness of life is loving whom God loves the way that God loves them. Holiness that is part of the repentance we receive. John's mission was prepare people for the coming of Christ, who is the real Savior. He is the judge of the world. He is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, the bearer of the Holy Spirit, and the one who reveals God's life and God's kingdom to us. Our Advent mission this week is to prepare for Jesus by living in peace and unity. Live in peace that surpasses all understanding when you have that, it is a strong peace, a resolute faith, confidence that no matter the circumstances of your life, God is faithful. God is good. God will keep his promises. 
God will provide for you. God will bless you. And it is faith that looks past the circumstances to God, where we know that God works all things for the good of those who love and serve God and for his glory. Peace is a very popular word. I was reminded in the early service when I was like a teenager, we would always do this. What did that mean? Peace, peace. And you still have, hear kids on the phone will say peace out. So peace means a lot of different things to many different people. For instance, when countries are at war and they sign a treaty, they're celebrating peace. When friends have an argument and they apologize to one another, they get to celebrate peace or restoration of a relationship. Sometimes people will refer peace to like having quiet and calm, being with solitude, having peace of mind. You've heard that before too, but the Bible talks about peace in a little bit different way. Biblical peace is more than just getting rid of conflict. It is more than just a state of rest. It means completeness, wholeness, and it points to the presence of God. I always wondered when I was a kid why people prayed for peace. It is praying for the wholeness of God. The Hebrew word translated is for peace is shalom. Can you say shalom? You've heard it. Shalom. In the strong concordance, shalom means completeness, soundness, welfare. And having shalom means being a state of wholeness or completeness without any deficiency or lack. Doesn't that sound beautiful? To have no deficiency in your life, no lack. In Jewish culture, people use shalom to greet one another, and they also use it to say goodbye. And they usually say shalom alechem. You want to repeat that? Shalom alechem. And that simply means peace be with you or peace be well. Jesus used this frequently when greeting people, shalom alechem, and when saying goodbye. Peace be with you. The holy season of Advent calls us as a guide to be prepared for shalom. Be ready. Be hopeful. Be shalom. For Christ is coming, whether we're ready or not. And remember in our preparing, in our waiting, in our hoping, his coming is not about being a helpless baby in the manger. Advent truly is about his coming again. The resurrected Jesus Christ coming who is our Lord and our judge of the world. And today Jesus calls his church to be his witness in the world and follow his teaching through acts of shalom, through compassion, through justice, through worship in unity and in devotion. And we can do that through the power of the Holy Spirit. Let us therefore live a life worthy of the one whom we wait, Jesus the Christ, as we actively pursue peace and unity and holiness of heart and life. Shalom alechem. Peace be with you and also with you. Let this be our prayer. Amen? Amen. Amen.
who are now going to do the offering. Your giving empowers ministry within our congregation and in response to the needs of our community. It's not too late to turn in your 2023 pledge cards. Cards are available in the Welcome Center, and you may place your card in the giving box there as well. Please see your um, Colotus Hills United Methodist Church bulletin or webpage to see the many ways to give. The altar rail giving today will go to support the UMCOR, the U.S. Disaster Response and Recovery, a humanitarian relief and development arm of the United Methodist Church, the United Methodist Committee on Relief, also known as UMCOR, which comes alongside those who suffer from natural or human-caused disasters, famine, hurricane, war, flood, fire, or other events, to alleviate suffering and serve as a source of help and hope for the vulnerable. Also, we would like to offer the staff a gift of love from this congregation for all the blessings they have given throughout the year. If you would like to contribute toward a love offering, please put a note on your check or offering envelope, label, label it love offering. We are very blessed to be able to offer our gifts to the ministry here and throughout the world as we offer it in peace and love. Please join me in prayer. Our God of hope and peace, we are grateful for the many blessings that you have given us, and it is our heart's desire to return to you a portion of that which we have been so richly blessed. Receive now the gifts of our labors that we may honor and bless you and the work that you give us to do here for your kingdom. Amen. Thank you for that gift of worship. Will you please stand in body or spirit that we might sing the doxology together. So God, we ask that you might bless this offering, that you might use it for work in your kingdom, and that we might be faithful servants to follow your way of peace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Please join me in prayer. Jesus Christ, you are the way of peace. Come into the brokenness of our lives and our land with your healing love. Help us be willing to bow before you in true repentance and below before one another in real forgiveness. By the fire of your Holy Spirit, melt our hard hearts and consume the pride and prejudice which separates us. Fill us, O Lord, with your perfect love which cast out our fear and bind us together in that unity which you share with the Father and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. God is merciful and forgiving. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the, the name, name of, of Jesus, Jesus Christ, Christ, you are, you are forgiven. forgiven. Glory, Glory to, to God. God. Amen. Amen. 
And now if you'll join me in the great thanksgiving, the words for you will appear there, or you could go to your hymnal if you'd like, page 9. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. And even when we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity to sin and death and made with us a new covenant as you promised to be our sovereign God and King. And you spoke to us through your prophets. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your son, Jesus Christ. Your spirit anointed him to preach the good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and announce that the time had come when he would heal your people. He healed the sick, he fed the hungry, he ate with sinners, and by the baptism of his suffering death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church and delivered us from slavery to sin and death as you made a covenant with us in water and the Spirit. When the Lord Jesus ascended, he promised to be with us always in the power of your word and Holy Spirit. For on the night he gave himself up for us, the Lord took bread. And as he gave it to his disciples, he broke it and he said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he again took the cup. And after he gave you thanks and praise, he offered the cup to his disciples, saying, Take and drink from this cup, all of you. This is the cup of the new covenant poured out in my blood, for you and for many, for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so, in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice, in union with Christ offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of our faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. We pray, Almighty God, that you would pour forth the power of your Holy Spirit on this community, on these gathered here, And upon these gifts of bread and wine, making them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we might be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. And make us one, one in unity, one in peace, and one in love with one another, so that we might celebrate together the coming of Christ once more by your spirit. Help us to be one in ministry and care in Jesus Christ, until Christ comes again and we feast together at his heavenly banquet. We pray this through your Son, Jesus Christ, with your Holy Spirit in the Holy Church. All honor, all glory is yours, almighty God, now and forevermore. Amen. 
And now let us pray the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples as we say together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who have trespassed against you. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We, as many as we are, when we at this table and have bread and juice, is it not a means in being part of the body of Christ, united in our belief in Christ Jesus? I'm going to ask all those who are helping to serve communion to come forward at this time where we will prepare. This table is a United Methodist table, which means it is open to all people. So it's really Christ's table. And it's just located in this way station. So all are invited to come forth and receive communion. We will give you a piece of bread as the body of Christ. You need some of this. And sometimes people will say, when we say body of Christ, they'll say, thanks be to God, or amen, or glory. Whatever response is authentic to you, say it. Then we will give you the little cup as the blood of Christ and remind you. And you can say anything, thanks be to God, hallelujah, whatever works best for you. We also today have a gluten-free option for those who cannot have gluten. And Carol will be in the middle of us that you might receive gluten-free. Also, if you're a person who can't come forward to receive communion, just let Eric know, and we will bring communion to you, because God wants everyone to share in this feast. Thanks be to God. Amen. The table has been made ready. Let us come. Let us pray. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. We are all here to use our gifts and graces. We are all here to be in unity with one another that we might go into the world to share the love of Christ. So I charge you now to do that. And as a disciple, if you wish to join with this congregation, then I would invite you to do it as we sing our final hymn. If you're really ready to make a commitment, then let's say what our mission statement is, and then let's say what we'll do when we leave this place today and go into the world. Will you say it with me? The mission of Lotus Hills United Methodist Church is to make new disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. And I pray that you'll go forth with the power of this blessing, that united in Christ we can do anything. Amen? Amen. 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 Then go forth in peace. Amen.